Hello, and welcome to Memory Card. My name is Push Dustin. And my name is Ben Bertoli. And we are here to illuminate some weird and wonderful gaming history. Every episode, one of us will take on the role of the expert and describe the story behind an interesting character, game, console, or accessory. And there may be some episodes where both the expert or a guest expert stops by. This podcast is a bit of an experiment, so we're just going to have fun with it. It's time to boot up episode two. Let's go ahead and start off from the beginning. Do you know what Erdrick, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Kirby all share in common? They're all adorable? Well, b- well besides that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I know what those three characters have in common. Okay, so they all have a loose connection to a game called Mushi King, which is a series that Sega made from 2003 all the way up until 2018. It was pretty successful. It's actually in the Guinness Book of World Records. For what? What record? For um, having the most amount of tournaments. Really? Yep. Let me read it. With 110,240 officially sanctioned competitions held in Japan between May 2003 and July 2009, Mushi King, King of the Beatles, holds the record for the most official tournaments held. Jeez, that's a lot. Mushi King is a combination of an arcade game and a collectible card game developed by Sega. Mushi King is a collectible card arcade game where players use barcoded cards to conduct battles. These cards are given out every time you play. Huh. So when it says a sanctioned battle, does that mean that like some official human person was there, like a referee, or does it just mean... I, guess, I think that's what it means because, um, you know, that's, it's, it's a Guinness Book of World Records. Or maybe they're just going by the machine count. I was going to say, yeah, 10,000 times some guy had to show up. Yeah, it's a pretty long period of time, like May 2003 to July 2009. Yeah, that is a long time. Just one, just one guy just standing there. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> That's his job. Yeah. So, yeah, this was a huge thing back in the day, and it never made it to the state side. So not a lot of people know about it. Yeah, so you said it's a beetle fighting game, right? Yep. So do you know anything about bug fighting? No, not really. Okay. Like bug fighting in real life or virtual bug fighting? Both. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I mean, I assume you just drop two bugs into a ring and I, I don't know. Is it a fight to the death or is it a fight to the person who gets flipped over? Okay, that's actually pretty close. Bug fighting is pretty popular in Asian countries. It's primarily focused on the mushi, which in English I think is the rhinoceros beetle. Kids would go outside and find these bugs and catch them. Then they would go ahead and put them in the cage, and they would have them fight. And it sounds like super, super scary, super violent, but it's actually not, because rhinoceros beetles' battles actually rarely end in the insect dying. They often just throw the other beetle off the log. What if you don't have a log? Well, then you don't have a log, then they just, like, continually, like, throw each other. <laughs> so are rhinoceros beetles just naturally inclined to fight each other or do you have to like provoke them in any way no it's just like hey i think once they see each other they'll they'll start fighting they'll start pushing <laughs> each other hey you're my turf get yeah. out <laughs> i want that jelly <laughs> you can buy special cages to house these the beetles actually have a lot of impact on games you, you can see them in pokemon you know the whole gimmick of pokemon is basically bug collecting and fighting mm-hmm. even one uh pokemon heracross looks like a rhinoceros beetle and uh, in Animal Crossing, you can also collect the bugs, but you can't sadly fight them. 
<laughs> True. So, Mushi King, that was actually released in several countries, including Japan, Singapore, Korea, and the Philippines. So it was released in English at one point. Only the original Mushi King was released in the, in the Philippines, not the enhanced version, which we'll talk about later. And so these arcade machines just spat out the cards after you won, or you had to put cards into them, or was it a little bit of a give and take? You would get a card every time you put a car, uh, money in, which is about like 200 yen. And you would um, be able to then fight an opponent. And the game actually had a ridiculous story to it. All right, break it down. Call you can't say that and then not go into what the ridiculous story was. I need to know. Oh, I I will. I will. So I just want to say that the story was uh was active from spring of 2003 all the way up until 2009. Close your eyes and uh imagine a, a peaceful forest. And there is a good fairy named Popo. <laughs> and Popo, he watches over the forest and he is kind of like the guardian spirit of that. He wears green clothes, and he has pink hair, and he wears an acorn around his neck. Just like me. Yeah, yeah, just like <laughs> I. Uh, when I was looking at pictures of this character, I was like, man, this would be an easy character to cosplay as. <laughs> but no one would know who you are. <laughs> well, the whole story starts off with this evil, dark wizard who is named Adar. And he comes in from another country, and he comes in with a bunch of bugs and decides that he's just going to mess up the whole place. He wants to, like, corrupt the beetles and make them his slaves and everything like that. So he takes the bugs and he starts injecting them with liquid to make them evil, stronger, and to obey his commands. That's not very nice. No, not very nice guy. And basically, Popo is just sitting there going like, hey, can you stop that? Can you please stop? Can you please stop <laughs> messing up with the bugs? Can you not? Yeah. Eventually, Adder has enough and sets the whole forest on fire. And that's when Mushi King comes to the rescue. So Mushi King is actually a character in Mushi King. Oh, so Mushi King is not like a general term for all fighting beetles? Yeah, that's what I thought when I first started researching this. But no, there's actually a Mushi King. The king. The Mushi King of the Mushi King. Yes. So Mushi King, he saves Popo. Oh, and he talks, by the way. Oh, okay, of course. And, uh... Chases after Adder. Uh, at the end, Adder tries to use his dark magic on the Mushi King, but Mushi King rams Adder into a fire pit, killing them both. Oh, gosh. Wait, at the end, like, <laughs> after this, like, six-year run? Or? At... No, no, this is this is the first part of the story. Okay. First season, I should say, had four episodes. Basically, all th the rest of the other three episodes were Adder and Mushi King coming back and still fighting each other until eventually... Spoiler alert, but Adler is is dead. <laughs> so they didn't die in that first fire pit accident? No, um, they get revived. What? Into another, into a higher plane of bug existence? Yes. That's intense. They actually had an anime, which ran from 2005 to 2006. And two movies. One which was released in 2005 and another in 2007. So I have to ask, even though it only ran for like a year, you know, the anime, how many episodes were there? Do you know? I, did, I don't have it written down, but I believe it was like 30 or 40. Yeah, I was going to say anime tends to, you know, you're like, oh, it was only one season, like 50 episodes. <laughs> they always they go pretty hard. Well, it, it was like a year and a half, basically. So the basic gameplay of Mushi King is that you would put the money into this arcade machine and you would get a card, which would be a, a beetle. 
the gameplay is actually just rock, paper, scissors. So you would have these be uh, beetles and they would have like powers. Like if you use rock with this certain type of beetle, then it was, you know, this powerful. Whereas like the paper would be less powerful. And so you'd be sitting there trying to like figure out what your opponent's going to do. Oh, I see. So it's not like Pokemon where you know coming in, oh, this is a fire type, this is a grass type. You don't know what they're going to do. No. Technically, any beetle could be another beetle. I think in the later ones, they actually introduced other insects as well. Did they ever introduce the actual beetles? Ringo Starr, Paul McCartney? <laughs> Unfortunately not. Oh, man, that would be the ultimate tie-in. Now, were they stylized in some way, or were they just realistic-looking bugs? So they're realistic bugs, and Popo and Adder, they are early 2000s 3D animation. Awful. Like, very plain backgrounds, and... Are the moves that the bugs pull on each other, are they, like, realistic as well, or are they more... They're more stylized. They're, like, kind of, like, wrestling moves. Like, they, they often, like, throw each other in the air. Mushi King has this really special move, which I think is, like, super wind tornado something throw where he just spins the opponent around and throws them off into the sky <laughs> there's no coming back from that yeah it's it's actually a finishing move makes sense because they're now miles away so people would go crazy and try to collect these cards and um you can still find these cards on auction sites i was kind of curious so i looked up the prices of some of them and there's one that was going for that actually sold for over $2,000. Jeez, that's crazy. So were the arcade machines just filled with a random assortment of cards and you kind of lucked out? Or was it based on how many battles you had actually won at that point? I think if um, at, in the first version, it was just randomly spat out and you had rarer ones. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. The one that went over 2000 was actually the Action Soul Kabuto which uh, is from the 2003 summer. So it's like one of the first cards that they ever released. Yeah, I get that. Usually it's those cards from the original print that people see later and think, oh, I need that for my collection. Yeah, exactly. And then Sega actually rebooted it, or they tried rebooting it with uh, Shin Mushi King, which like, added a bunch of like, characters to it. Like They had Mushi King Joker and Mushi King Johnny, who were real people. <laughs> What? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Are they the guys who showed up as the refs for the <laughs> arcade tournaments? I didn't look too much into the reboot, but from what I can understand is like they tied like pro wrestling to try to like advertise it. Oh my gosh. So there was real professional-ish wrestlers who had Mushi King in their names? Yep. They would do promo tapes and stuff like that for the series. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, the acting is absolutely awful. <laughs> <laughs> well, it better be. That's like the bread and butter of pro wrestling. Yeah. The newest thing that they did was um, when they rebooted it, they added this thing called the V-Gage, which added some extra special moves if the players had one. And the V-Gage was this like physical item that looked like a beetle, and you could get it by collecting stamps after playing the game. So every, t every time you would play the game, you'd get these virtual stamps, and if you collected 20 of them, you'd get a physical V-Gage. Huh. And this is still an arcade game, right? It hasn't moved to a console or a handheld or anything? This is still an arcade game. They have released, like, console and, like, other variations, but it's mostly arcade that people are playing. Okay. I think it was on the DS that they had, and you could actually play online. Oh, cool. With the arcade. I was going to say, I don't... <laughs> Here, and you have to buy this box that spits out cards when you win. Just plug it in. 
Yeah, you wouldn't get the card if you play on the yeah, DS, obviously. obviously. I'm sure it yeah. came with, like, a little pack of cards. A lot of the, you know, DS games that came with card games would give you a little, like, starter booster pack or something. Yeah. If you played this uh, Shin Mushi King game, then you had a chance to collect beetles at the end, and it would be, like, a little mini game where you had to, like, try to, like, tap the button as fast as you could. If you played enough of those rounds, then you could try to get a Master Black Bug, which was stronger and rarer. In the game, or like a card of it? It would be both. It would actually spit out the card, and you would get it. Wow. In June of 2018, it was shut down. I guess, you know, it just couldn't compete with Yokai Watch and Pokemon. That's too bad. Well, I'm here to mainly talk about, now that all this, this background is, is finished, <laughs> is actually the Mushi King game that Masahiro Sakurai made. You mean Super Smash Brothers? Yeah. <laughs> Started off as a beetle fighting game? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. You know, right after um, Kirby's air ride, he leaves HAL Laboratories, which is like around 2001, I believe. After he finishes Melee, Kirby air ride, he's like, okay, I'm done with the video game industry. I need to do my own thing. And he becomes a freelance agent. Mm -hmm. Well, for like four years, he's not really signed on to any major projects that we know of. He says like he did like maybe some consulting here and there, but we're not really sure what exactly he did. One thing that he did do between Melee and Brawl was this Mushi King game which is this little LCI game that's like a Tamagotchi, and it was, you know, released by Sega. Hmm. He made that right before Brawl. Like, he finished the project plan basically before it being asked to come back to Nintendo. So this was not an arcade game? This was not an arcade game. It's a physical, small little device game. Like I said, like a Tamagotchi. I actually have it right next to me right now. My beetle is sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, the, um, I'll just give you a little bit more details about that. It's called Sodate Mushiking, which is Raise It Mushiking. It was the first Sora Limited game. Oh, wow. So Sakurai signed on the project in 2005, April 2005, and he met with Tadashi Takezaka to discuss the project. He's in charge of the animation studio in Sega. Sakurai was a little bit hesitant because he was like, always imagined that Mushiking would only appeal to young children, but he went to the arcade and saw, you know, these adults were playing the game. <laughs> these 40-year-old salary men <laughs> were playing it in the middle of the night. So he, he's like, okay, I can do this. I feel like that's the most common <laughs> gaming success story. Like, we built this for kids, and turns out adults liked it as well. Who would have thought? Yeah. So then he used the, um, the Golden Week break in Japan, which is in um, May, to write the project plan, and he presented it. Mm -hmm. Right after that was E3, where he got an offer to make Brawl. But he was like, okay, I, I, hold on, I gotta I got finish this Mushi King game first. So he finished up the project plan, and he gets Khan Naito to program it. Now, if you don't know, Khan Naito is the main programmer of Dragon Quest 3 and 4. And that's why Airdrick is connected to this. So it's kind of like this weirdly stellar professional team for this tiny little handheld. Yeah, and the actual gameplay is pretty similar to a normal Mushi King game, where you, you know, rock, paper, scissors to fight. Mm -hmm. except you're just focused on raising one beetle. And you can train it, feed it, you can do some other games to get some items like food, and you can battle against other bugs in order to progress. And you can also fight against Adar. Hmm. And can you, like, link it up with somebody else's and fight theirs, or...? Yeah, exactly. It actually has wireless connectivity. Oh, wow. If your friend has Sodate Mushi King, and you have a Sodate Mushi King, then you can connect them and fight your virtual beetles. Hmm. And um, the game went on sale for around 30 US dollars. How big is it? Like, how many inches tall is the screen? Um, the screen is maybe like an inch and a half. 
Okay, so pretty small. It's like the original Tamagotchi. So yeah, that's that's the wonderful history of um, Mushi King and Sakurai's connection to it. Did they go on to make more versions of this Mushi King handheld, or was this the only one that was ever made? It was a one and done for for this Tamagotchi like experience. Was there any kind of a hookup to the actual arcade machine? Like, could you go and connect them in any way? No, it's completely separate. So it was like a solar experience, and um, it was kind of really set the height of the Mushi King popularity. Like, I remember when I was here in Japan in high school, I, I saw these machines everywhere. But definitely nowadays, you don't see them anywhere. I've been to a lot of arcades in the last, like, three years, and I, I didn't even know they rebooted the franchise. So it's like the rise and fall of Mushi King? Yeah, it was pretty quick. With Sakurai cashing in at just the right moment? Exactly. <laughs> that rascal so are you gonna become the next mushi king me <laughs> yes i will become mushi king supreme and i will rule over all of japan and possibly the entire world That's all from us for now. Thanks for listening. We'd like to give a special shout out to Game Boy Chiptune Master Jamatar, who allowed us to use his track Midori as opening and closing music. You can find more of his bangin' beats by searching Jamatar, that's J-A-M-A-T-A-R, on Spotify or visiting Jamatar.com. If you have any feedback on the podcast or want to recommend a topic, feel free to reach out to us via Twitter. Ben can be found at SuperBenTendo, and I can be found out at PushDustin. We hope to see you again real soon.